Don't you prefer a good game of chess? Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Hope. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Talk, Talk, where we will be discussing movies from different decades and genres. This week, we watched the 1983 film War Games, directed by John Badham and starring Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy. So this movie was pretty difficult for us to explain. There are a lot of details and technical stuff that we really couldn't understand, but essentially this movie is about a high schooler named David Lightman, played by Matthew Broderick, who finds himself hacking into a government computer while thinking that it's just a game, not realizing that he's controlling real missiles. So while trying to find a computer game company, David connects with a system that doesn't identify itself. He asks it for games and finds a list that starts with chess, checkers, backgammon, and poker, as well as titles like theater-wide biotoxic and chemical warfare, and also global thermonuclear war, <laughs> but he can't proceed any further. Two of his hacker friends explain to him the concept of a backdoor password and suggest tracking down Falcon referenced in Falcon's Maze, which is the first game listed. David discovers that Stephen Falcon was an early artificial intelligence researcher and guesses correctly that his dead son's name, Joshua, is the password. David is then able to get into the games with that password and he begins playing Global Thermonuclear War and he's playing as the Soviet Union. The computer starts a simulation that briefly convinces the military personnel at NORAD, which is an actual government facility, that actual Soviet nuclear missiles are inbound. While they defuse the situation, the program that David thinks he is playing a game on continues the simulation to trigger the scenario and win the game, as it does not understand the difference between reality and simulation. It continuously feeds false data such as Soviet bomber insertions and submarine deployments to the government facility, which makes the Air Force believe that they need to retaliate and that it will start World War III. David learns the true nature of his actions from a news broadcast, and FBI agents arrest him and take him to NORAD, the government facility. He realizes that WOPR, which is the computer program he was on, is behind the NORAD alerts. But because he fails to convince the Air Force, he faces espionage charges. David escapes NORAD by joining a tourist group, and with his friend Jennifer's help, played by Ali Sheedy, travels to the Oregon Island where Falcon, the creator of the program, lives. David and Jennifer find that Falcon has become hopeless and believes that nuclear war is inevitable, that it is as futile as a game of tic-tac-toe between two experienced players. The teenagers convince Falcon that he should return to NORAD to stop the computer program. Program, which has taken a mind of its own. The computer stages a massive Soviet first strike with hundreds of missiles, submarines, and bombers. Believing the attack to be real, NORAD prepares to retaliate. Falcon, David, and Jennifer convince military officials to cancel the second strike and ride out the attack. The computer program, which they call Joshua, tries to launch the missiles itself, however using a brute force attack to obtain the launch code. All attempts to log in and order Joshua to cancel the countdown fail, and all weapons will launch if the computer is disabled. Falcon and David direct the computer to play tic-tac-toe against itself. This results in a long string of draws, forcing the computer to learn the concept of futility and no-win scenarios. Joshua obtains the missile code, but before launching, it cycles through all the nuclear war scenarios it has devised, finding that they all result in stalemates. Having discovered the concept of mutual assured destruction, the computer tells Falcon that it has concluded that nuclear war is a strange game, in which the only winning move is not to play. Joshua relinquishes control of NORAD and the missiles, and offers to play a nice game of chess. 
Okay, so this movie was pretty difficult to explain. Yes, and somewhat to understand as yeah, well. Yeah, because there's just a lot of technical stuff with it, a lot of army stuff, military, whatever, mm-hmm. that we just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I really did enjoy the movie. I think the reason why we had such a hard time with it is because we were thinking about how to discuss it. Mm-hmm. But if we were just sitting down to enjoy it, we wouldn't really look too much into that. Yes. I've seen this movie before, but I didn't remember a lot of it, and I didn't remember it being this complicated. Mm-hmm. And as a PG movie, too. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure it is PG. Mm-hmm. I, ch- I checked on the back of the, the DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very complicated for a PG movie. There's also a lot of language in it for a PG movie. Yes. But, I mean, back then in the 80s, their rating system was a lot different. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had, like, R and G and PG, but they didn't have PG-13 until Gremlins came out. Oh, okay. Because kids were so scared and because it said it was PG. But I know it was Gremlins that kind of set the tone for the rating system. Okay. So our main character, David Lightman, he's played by Matthew Broderick. He's kind of a slacker high school kid, and he's also a really good computer hacker that we realize not too far into the movie. It starts off with him in a classroom, he's late, and he he's not paying attention to the teacher, and he's making jokes to the teacher's expense. Mm-hmm. And the girl, Jennifer Mack, who is also kind of a slacker, she's not really paying attention in class either. Mm-hmm. They both get their tests back, and they both have got Fs. They both got Fs, yeah. And they're both laughing together at the teacher, Mm -hmm. which results in David going to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem like Jennifer got really in trouble for that. Yeah. After that, it goes to them, like, the end of the day of school, right? Yes. Okay, so that's when she is on her scooter, and mm-hmm. she asks him if he wants a ride home. Mm-hmm. So they get to his house. He invites her in because he wants to show her something. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he was able to hack into the school's computer system, and he changes his grade in that class from an F to, I think, a C. Mm-hmm. And, and he offers to do that yeah. For her as well. Exactly. Which she did not want to do at all. She was not happy about it. Um, so she told him, you better not do it, blah, blah, blah. And then she leaves because she's, you know, she's angry. But he didn't sign out. He changed her grade from an F to an A, which I think is really stupid. Yes. Like, if you're going to change a grade, which you shouldn't, at least change it to like a D because that's a little bit more believable. Yeah. Instead of going from an F to an A, obviously the teacher is going to mm-hmm. notice that. But yeah, and then like the next day, she tells him, she comes up to him like, hey, I I don't know why I was being so stupid. Of course you can change my grade, Mm -hmm. which obviously she's an idiot for saying that. And he was like, oh yeah, I already did, blah, blah, blah. And then I I forget, I think they just transition into them playing a video game, right? Yeah. Because they see this ad for this really new cool video game or something, but he can't afford it. I'm pretty sure that's how Mm -hmm. it was. So he hacks into the computer system and he somehow gets into the software Mm -hmm. and he thinks that their games, it's a whole whole list of games and he can't get into it like it won't let him proceed any further so some of his friends who are also hackers help him discover what a backdoor password could be because sometimes there's like a password that you don't necessarily see like it doesn't tell you that there's a password Mm -hmm. but you can find a way to enter it and then it'll let you in even if it's not like telling you that that's an option so he figures that out he figures out that the creator of the program Stephen Falcon he had a son that died so he thought oh hey maybe the password is his son's name so he tries Joshua and it got him in. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So he started playing a game. You know, he just thought he was playing a war game and that he was playing as the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. The next day he sees on the news broadcast. Yeah, he sees the news that everything he was doing was actually happening in real life. Mm -hmm. And And then it was interfering with the government. Yeah, the Air Force was like watching and and they were like, what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, so he was at a gas station getting some food or whatever and the FBI suddenly just grabbed him Mm -hmm. and took him to a facility. They locked him up and then he's freaking brilliant because Mm -hmm. he he figured out how to hack into the code system and he was able to get himself out of that room. Yeah. Which is crazy. With just scissors? Yeah, it was like scissors and I don't know what else Like medical scissors. Yeah, it was very impressive. I don't know how he would have learned this stuff. (laughs) And sneak out of the government. Yeah. So he does sneak out and he pretends that he's a part of a tourist group that is taking a tour of the facility. Mm -hmm. He almost gets caught. Yeah. But then they just think he's part of the tour. So he was able to escape that way and he got to the airport, I think, right? Yes. And that's where Jennifer met up with him because he called her. Didn't he tell her not to come? Yeah, he said he just needs money. Yeah. So he can go to Falcon. Oregon Island, I think, yeah. which is where Falcon To lives. find Falcon. Yeah. She she actually shows up at the, mm-hmm. the airport because I guess it was only a three-hour drive. So she shows up. He's not happy about it, Mm-mm. but she just tags along anyways and, you know, he lets her because, of course, he kind of needs the help. So they run. I think they're being chased at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, obviously, he escaped from Yeah, and the they noticed. Thing. So they're looking everywhere for him. Mm-hmm. And they finally find him. So they're running to catch the ferry, and they barely make it. Mm-hmm. Then once they get on the ferry, they, they get to the other side, to the island that Falcon is supposedly living in. And we see this huge log cabin yeah. in, in the middle of the woods. They find Falcon. He's in his house, and they just kind of explain to him the situation. And he has this mindset that the world is hopeless, there's no point in anything, mm-hmm. and that nuclear war is inevitable. It's bound to happen no matter what you do. They left because he refused. And then they were trying to figure out... Because the ferry had already left, so they were It looking was nighttime. Ar- yeah, mm-hmm. they were looking around, trying to see if there was how a boat. Get, how to get back. Yeah, and David was like, no, there has to be a boat. Who who lives on an island without a boat? Mm-hmm. But, but Jennifer was like, no, there's no way. What are you doing? So they try to get back. I can't remember exactly what happens, but he ends up coming and saves them. The government people find them, oh, and they're yeah. on the island, and they're chasing after them. And then, so Falcon comes to the rescue. He gets with them. So what they're doing, they're basically, they're just trying to get back to the facility before they get arrested. Like, they don't want to get arrested because that'll slow things down. But mm-hmm. They try to get to the facility so they, they can get Falcon to help stop the program. Mm-hmm. And to talk stop to the Joshua. main officials. Yeah, to talk to the general it. and everybody who's in charge because otherwise if they get arrested then that's just going to slow things down and things are bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Missiles are going to go everywhere. <laughs> so they finally get to the facility. Mm-hmm. They get to NORAD and they are able to convince and they explain to the officials what is going on that the computer is taking over basically. Mm-hmm. And this, this part is a little cheesy they get the computer to play tic-tac-toe against itself. Yes. But it works. Mm-hmm. It works, and um, it just stops everything, and then everything's basically good, and <laughs> that's kind of how it mm-hmm. ends. They just stop the, the, the World War Three. Yeah. yeah. So Jennifer, which is Ali Sheedy's character, mm-hmm. she's spunky. Mm-hmm. She She's a troublemaker, kind of, but she's nice. Yes. I think she's a nice person. She's not a mean girl. Very outgoing. Yeah. We really don't see much of her kind of like mm-hmm. she's in it but it's more focused on him and what's going on not yes. too much focus on her but she is also encouraging and then they also end up developing like a romance yes throughout the movie she like you can tell that she starts starting to like him yeah so jennifer and david are kind of really the only main characters mm-hmm. and then there's falcon falcon is kind of you know the out only there. The, like he's barely last, in it last half yeah or... not even yeah. i don't think so those are really the only characters mm-hmm. david and uh jennifer that you get a good feel of 
their personality. Yeah, who they are. They're both really smart, I think. Maybe not so much Jennifer, Mm -hmm. but David's really, really smart. He's just unmotivated, and he doesn't try in school. If he actually tried in school, he would probably get straight A's. I know many people like that in real life. (laughs) Me too. So the actors, Matthew Broderick. We all know and love Matthew Broderick. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is pre-Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's very young in this movie. He looks like a baby. (laughs) This was only his second movie that he was ever in. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, this is 1983, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off was 1986. So he was just starting out in this movie. Mm -hmm. Then his next bigger movie was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then, honestly, I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. We mostly just love him from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. The only other ones I can really think of, in The Lion King, he was the voice of the adult Simba. Okay. That yeah. actually makes sense. Yeah? Wow. And then he was in the 1998 version of Godzilla. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, saw it that. was okay. He was also, I grew up watching this, Inspector Gadget. Oh, no. Did you, you never watch that? No. Oh. He was also in, like, you know, the second Lion King. Okay. Yeah, he's really not in that much. Like, he, he has been in movies, like, quite a bit of movies recently. It's just that I haven't heard of any yeah. of them. He was occasionally on TV. He was on 30 Rock for a couple episodes. Yeah, he, he's just showed up in episodes now and then. He was never in, like, a show, like, mm-hmm. where he was a star. Like a he, recurring character. Yeah, he just, like, did a couple episodes of things like Adventure Time, Modern Family, basically just that kind of stuff. Moving on to Ali Sheedy. When I think of her, I just, I mostly think of The Breakfast Club. Because okay. she was the goth girl in The Breakfast Club. Okay. But then, recently, like, I haven't, I really haven't seen her much. Within the past few years, she was in Psych. She was in okay. three episodes, or no, four episodes of Psych. She played, like, a crazy lady. Somehow, even though she was insane, she was still a lovable character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was in the Psych the Musical, and she actually sang in that. Oh, wow. And she wasn't too shabby. <laughs> this was also her second movie. Her first movie was in 1983 as well, same year. Yeah, this was only her second movie. And then two years later was The Breakfast Club, and then the same year Breakfast Club came out. She was in St. Elmo's Fire. She was also in 1986 in Short Circuit. I don't know if you saw that. Never that was like a, Really? Yeah. That was like a robot movie. It's, it's pretty cute. She was also in Short Circuit too, but she only had like a voice cameo, and it was like very small. It wasn't, it wasn't much at all. Uh, she was also in Betsy's Wedding in 1990 with Molly Ringwald. She had a small cameo in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, but honestly, I don't remember that. <laughs> in 2016, she had a cameo as a teacher in X-Men Apocalypse, but since then she has not been in any movies. Most of her movies aren't like super well-known. As for TV, kind of like Matthew Broderick, she's just showed up in some episodes here and there. She's been in an episode of CSI. She was in four episodes of Kyle XY, which was a science fiction show on ABC Family. And then she was on four episodes of Psych. Like I said, she played Yang in the Ying Yang episodes. Those were my favorite episodes. <laughs> but since then, she really she really has not been acting much at all. John Wood, he played Falcon, Stephen Falcon. He is an English actor. I, I have seen him before. Honestly, the only things I can think of is he was in the 1995 remake of Sabrina. Originally, Audrey Hepburn was in that, but in this remake, it was Harrison Ford. He was in a rendition of Jane Eyre in 1996. He was in, did you ever see The Little Vampire from 2000, the Disney movie? Yeah. It was so cute with the little boy from Stuart Little. Mm-hmm. So cute. He was in the French film Chocolate, which I actually never saw, so I have no idea what that's about, but I've heard about it. Mm-hmm, I've heard about it. Yeah. He's been in some TV, but really nothing worth mentioning. 
mentioning. <laughs> he's a British actor, so a lot of the stuff he's been in we've probably never yeah. seen or heard of. Honestly, the only other actor in this movie that I've seen before is Barry Corbin, and he's been in quite a lot. What I know him from is One Tree Hill. He had a main role in that. He played the coach in that. I really can't think of He looks of... very familiar. I, I know. what He's probably is. been in other stuff that we've seen. I think I've seen him more in TV shows than movies. Yeah. He seems to show up in television shows. So he's been in, like, Murder, She Wrote, Matlock. That's how I've seen his face, but I've mostly seen his face from One Tree Hill, which ran from, like, 2003 to 2009. But he's, he's shown up in episodes of King of the Hill, Psych, The Drew Carey Show, Reba, Modern Family, Anger Management, random shows here and there. But I, I really don't know any of the other actors in this mm -hmm. movie, really. Just Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy, basically. So John Badham, he's... I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Badham, Badham, I don't know. Um, he's directed a lot. Um, he's directed episodes of Supernatural, Arrow, Constantine, Psych, Heroes. He's uh, directed movies like he directed Short Circuit, Saturday Night Fever, The Sixth Sense Show. Oh, I did not even know there was a TV show for The Sixth Sense, but mm. he's directed that too. So yeah, he's directed some pretty well-known stuff. He's not like huge, mm -hmm. but he, he used to direct some good stuff. So, I've seen this movie before. I love it. I don't know many people who have seen it. So, mm -hmm. what was your feeling seeing it for the first time? I really like the characters and obviously I like the actors. Yeah, yeah. In it, uh, it was I mean it was hard to understand, but overall it was a really good movie. Yeah. I think it's an entertaining movie. It's a yeah. cool concept like you're playing a video game and then you don't realize that you're actually yeah. controlling the Very the government. Creative. Yeah. I really like it. Like I said, I know a lot of people haven't seen it, but I, I've always thought it was pretty popular. To me, it kind of felt like an old 80s TV show, like the beginning, like the intro to it. Mm -hmm. It just felt like like we were about to watch Miami Vice or something, mm -hmm. or Magnum P.I. It just felt like that sort of opening, the feel of it, yeah. the vibe. But I really do like the movie overall. I think it's really good. And I think it's fun for like anyone to watch, really. Yes. Like guy, girl, mm -hmm. kid. I mean, very neutral. Yeah, be careful with kids because there is language in it. Yeah. But but I do think it's really entertaining. And other movie. other than the language, then it really is appropriate. It is. It really is. I don't know why they even felt the need to put all yeah. that language in. It could have been a really fun kids movie if they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. But eighties movies always tend to do yeah. that, which is really irritating. Okay, so for next week's podcast, we're going to change it up a bit, and we're not going to do a movie. This time we're going to do a TV show from the 90s. We're going to like do the first couple episodes of Boy Meets World. That stars Ben Savage, Ryder Strong, Will Friedel, and Danielle Fisher. Mm -hmm. I'm just <laughs> naming all the actors. Um, but we're going to watch a couple episodes of that. We're going to discuss how different it is to sitcoms today. Talk about how the revival Girl Meets World. On um, Disney Channel. Yeah, that was on Disney Channel recently like within the past couple of years that's about uh the two main characters from boy meets world it's about them and their kids so we'll probably discuss that but yeah we just thought we'd change it up a bit so i'm megan and i'm hope and this has been real, real talk, talk. <laughs>